Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on NOMCASTPOD.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at NOMCASTPOD, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a Blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and Blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent most of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. On yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC Animated Podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year a little legendary anime called Veroni Kenshin debuted. Veroni? Really? Yeah, that's uh, that's the year, uh, according to Wikipedia, at least. <laughs> well, <laughs> so why I'm not are we making talking about, Why are we talking about this today? Because uh, we have someone else from another popular anime series on with us today. It's not just us this time around. <laughs> that is right. We are very happy and excited to have joining us today. Susie Myers is here. Legendary voice talent. The resume is just, it's too long. It's too long to <laughs> list. So Susie, be, you know, we don't want to take away any of your, your spotlight and the fire. Just please feel free to introduce yourself. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone include the word legendary in an introduction for me, but I'm I'm like on cloud nine right now. That's that's amazing. I feel I feel honored and um, grateful to be here. Yeah. And today, as promised, thank you again, Susie, for joining us, because today our fan base, we've been telling them about how much of a joy that we've just had connected to animation, the voiceover world and um, just already from your resume and you know we've had some connection to pokemon mm-hmm. um you know there's this is recent stuff too like i just going through the list kind of like nurse joy and the mewtwo evolution mm-hmm. uh, movie that came out as well as you probably have more knowledge that i will ever have as the voice of the pokedex as well <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i learned a lot by being the pokedex <laughs> Just like going back through all the stuff, just um, Wings Club. I will admit this right now to everybody on this podcast. I watched the Wings Club. Look, that was my first voiceover job. Wow. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love the Wings Club. It is so good. It's just, 
like every iteration I've seen so far has been very just I I just I get drawn to it um mm-hmm. and you're looking at me like you're just like I did not know you watched the week's club as well <laughs> I, I look look I'm, I'm not here to judge I <laughs> it was my little sister's favorite series I just never got into it but um I I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> So again, today we wanted to speak with you, Susie, because we want to give our fan base a chance to hear from somebody who's in the voiceover world, just to get a sense of what things that they can do if they're interested in joining the world, just also to hear more about your journey and also just more about you and what things you're doing, not only within the voiceover world, but in general. So we have our first question here. Okay. (laughs) Hit me. How would you? Oh, okay. It's good. It's good. (laughs) How would you describe your journey and what was a milestone moment for you? Sure. I would describe my journey into voice acting as unexpected and serendipitous. I had studied acting at NYU and shortly after I graduated, I was I was really pursuing theater, you know, acting on stage and I was doing this production of The Tempest. Up at Lincoln Center, it was a part of Lincoln Center Education. So it was for young people. And I got a call that someone wanted me to audition for something called Four Kids Productions. And, you know, I look back and I totally didn't do my homework. I was, I, I went, I went down to this audition in Chelsea in between, I think it was a Wednesday. So I had a matinee and an evening show of The Tempest. And I I, you know, took the subway down, showed up at this audition really hadn't done my homework and assumed by the name for kids productions. And maybe it's because I was in the middle of doing theater for a young audience. I assumed it was like the, you know, youth, youth theater. And then I went, Oh no, that's not what this is. When I walked in and for kids productions or what it used to be produced a lot of amazing cartoons. And it's basically produced everything that was at the time it was on. It was called Fox box. That's maybe what you first started watching wings club. on the Shabar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it right now in my yep, mind. Yep, yep. <laughs> the animation of it. Yeah. Yep. But it was Saturday morning on Fox and, um, and they were auditioning for a new series called the Winx Club and someone from NYU, they had called someone at NYU and asked for recommendations of actors and my name got tossed into the mix. And so I went in and auditioned for sort of all of the main characters, I think in one go, they just gave me scenes for, for every character. Wow. And I didn't even go in a booth. It was kind of interesting. I feel like it's the only voiceover audition that I did have a microphone, but I was just in the room with them. And I read scenes for multiple characters and it was so much fun. I think I tend to be someone who over-prepares, who prepares and over-prepares. And maybe the fact, this is why I say serendipitous, maybe the fact that I didn't really know what I was walking into actually allowed me to have fun with it and sort of be present in a way that I don't know, I might not have been. And so I just had a blast. I read for all the the main characters. And then I ended up getting cast as Stormy, who was one of the witches. I was kind of putting on a voice with sort of this gravelly, fun, like badass. Can I say ass on this? Oh yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah okay. I said worse. Um, okay. yeah. you know, we um, know that that shows are for the kids, but we we are, we're also adults. Okay, great. <laughs> This like badass character and and not not that I will say this not the type of role that for sort of on camera or on stage I might be called in for and so I felt like you know I could just sort of do whatever I wanted to and it was really fun and anyway I I ended up getting cast and you know and that was sort of the start I had a manager at the time who again was really just working with me I was mostly auditioning for Broadway 
Broadway musical theater. And I called her and said, Hey, I, I just booked this cartoon. And then she went, Oh, we should get you a voiceover agent. And I was like, okay, great. So it's, it's almost a little embarrassing to tell that story because I feel like when young actors ask me, you know, how do I get into the business? How do I, you know, I feel like I fell into it in a way that I feel very, very grateful for, but that was the beginning. So the, let's see, the second part of your question was about what sort of a, a milestone mom- moment for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that certainly was one because that was the sort of the first entree. You know, I started with animation and then I would say another milestone moment is the first time I auditioned for an audiobook. It was kind of another world. I feel like voiceover in New York City, there's so many professional worlds that exist that if you're not a part of them, you don't even know they exist. And then you fall into them and you're like, this is this whole world of people who spend their whole lives, you know, working toward this or working for this. And I really, I'd never listened to an audiobook. I didn't know that existed. And so when I had my first audition at Audible, that was a similar kind of unexpected, serendipitous, wonderful beginning. And doing audiobooks has been a really interesting and fulfilling and wonderful journey. I've done so, I've done hundreds of books, wow. and you know, some are good, some are not. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that are good, it's those are the days I have to say I go into a booth, and you re- audiobook recording is long sessions. You record for like six hours at a time, and it's tire. It, it can actually be tiring, and I always feel silly even not complaining about it, but saying that because it's such a gift to be able to do it. But on those days, I always, I walk into the booth and I remind myself, your only job today is to tell a story. And I just feel like that's the most, I get to just completely escape and just tell a story. And the experience of like being in a dark booth for six hours, it can be very unsettling and bizarre because you come out, I usually do 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I come out at 4 p.m. and I'm like, oh, there's whatever it is that's happening in the outside world. I'm like, oh, there's light or there's rain or there's people because I've been in whatever sort of bubble of the world of the story. But I think because that's been such an important part of my sort of voiceover artist journey, I would say that first audition or entree into audiobooks was also a a key milestone for me. Is there an audiobook that of yours that really stands out that everyone should check out immediately after this? I'll give you two like polar opposite series on the kid end. You know, I, I have done a lot of both animation and audiobook work as a the voice of a young person, <laughs> young adult or kid. So on the kid end, there's a series that's uh, Dory Phantasmagory that is actually the only audiobook series that I've ever purchased and downloaded for my own children. It's just so fun and smart and full of her imagination. So that's, I really love that. And then also in a like imagination world, but totally different end of the spectrum is I've done a bunch of Brandon Sanderson's books. Oh, yeah. Um, like the oh, yeah. Sky Skyward series. So there's a bunch of books in there, but it is such interesting, like a connection to my kids. It's also one of the only series. I haven't downloaded it and played it for them. It's a bit, I think it would be a bit above their head, but on the days that I'm recording it, it's one of the few series where on the walk to school with my kids, I tell them what I recorded the day before. They're obsessed with it, like to know what happened and with what characters. And I think even though those are very different styles of books, what's common between them is that it feels like an immersive world. And so both to share it with someone is really fun, but the experience of narrating it is, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, 
those days exist in their own little bubble because it feels like I step into this world for six hours and then I step out of it. It's a very cool experience. This is awesome, especially because I have seven Audible credits right now in my account there you that go. I need to use. So I will definitely <laughs> no. be checking these books out. <laughs> Next question, what is a project or role that you have done that you would like to revisit? I know you mentioned a little bit about your journey from doing mm-hmm. the Winx Club to now move into audiobooks. Is there something in between? I think, you know, animation and audiobooks is where you really get to sustain a character for a long time. So other projects that are sort of one-off, whether it's commercials or whatnot, I don't know that those necessarily call to me to return to them. I mean, it would be amazing to do Stormy from the Wings Club again, <laughs> just because that's where it also, I, I actually, I remember Stormy, she yelled a lot. She was very angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she cast a lot of dark spells on people. And I just remember that being such a cathartic experience. <laughs> Like going into a booth and, you know, creating thunderstorms over fairies. So that was really fun. I could definitely go back to that. I I mean, I do have, and I might be jumping ahead, but my favorite Pokemon that I've ever done is a character called Chespin. And I remember when I auditioned for Chessman, it was actually the first time they had me audition for a Pokemon. Everything else that I'd done was like a little girl voice. Now I can't remember if I did the Pokedex before or after Chessman, but it had everything before that had been like a more of a human or robot sound as opposed to a creature. And I remember auditioning for Chespin. And at the time, my younger son was a toddler and the director saying, you know, we want, we want this character to have kind of like a boy toddler like stubborn, energetic vibe. And I was like, oh, I've got this. I've got this. I'm living with it at home every day. And and so maybe for that reason, like I felt very endeared to Chespin. So I would definitely return to Chespin. <laughs> Everybody who chose a grass starter in the Pokemon games is going to be extremely happy right now to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Justin. <laughs> so we talked about Pokemon and now because we are a DC world, this mm-hmm. is our podcast is all dedicated to the DC yeah. universe. If you could voice any DC character, whose story would you want to tell and why? Such a great question. I mean, Wonder Woman, of course. Why yes. <laughs> would any woman not want to voice Wonder Woman. I feel like I'd have to I'd have to put on my grown-up voice. I'd have to put on my like badass grown-up voice for that. Yeah, I mean I mean actually even when I talked about <laughs> Dory Phantasmagory or the characters in Skyward, I think why I'm drawn to them, why I share them with my children is because they are strong and messy and unapologetic women characters you know, unapologetic in, in who they are, sort of figuring out who they are. And so that's why I would be drawn to Wonder Woman. I also think it's amazing that she lives on an island with only women. <laughs> and I am I am married to a man and I am raising two children who identify as boys. But I often, you know, talk to my best girlfriends about one day, one day we're all just going to live on a commune with women, right? Like that's ultimately where we want to be. So I think, I think that draws me to her. I mean, to be honest, we've been going, we've done a couple episodes on Wonder Woman now, and we've seen that it works. We also know that we've trained with people who have kind of went to basically been training like Amazons. We can't compete with that. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) we hear you. 
if, <laughs> if this is the dream, we're not going to stop you yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, dream big. Who yes. knows? <laughs> One day. <laughs> so what is some advice that you would like to give to the past you? Or some probably even to someone who sees themselves as an up and comer? Mm-hmm. So just... Gosh, I guess a few months ago, for sure, one of the most important teachers that I had passed away. Uh, Louis Sheeter, he was um, an acting professor at NYU. He was the director of the classical studio there, which is the studio I, I did my entire senior year of college, which was all classical work, Shakespeare and otherwise. He passed away. And I went looking in my photo albums and scrapbooks to find pictures of myself with him and and sort of the class and I found and I and I brought press my report card because back in the day you got actual paper oh, wow whoa yeah it was in an envelope and it was mailed to me and I, and so I find, I found this and I recently like posted this on social media but I read this and he said this to me I'll I'll just read it this is like a piece of it it says just remember that you can't force things into being You've got to embrace confusion and contradiction a bit more. They are natural extensions of any creative project. We can't always know how we want things to turn out. I think you have a tendency to double check your work or judge yourself. You've got to develop a belief in both yourself and your actions so that you don't stand ever so slightly outside of the work. Wow. Yeah. And for people who know me, it's it's like, okay, he said that too. 21 year old Susie, you know, and I feel like I was going to say, and he could say that to me today. He did say that to me today in, in me unearthing this advice from him from now 20 years ago. So if I think about, yeah, advice, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like advice to my younger self. I mean, Louie gave me this advice, but I think I, so I don't know if I gave it to myself 20 years ago, if I could have heard it any differently, but I think the way it resonates with me now is different, which is you have always been a very hard worker, sort of overachiever, perfectionist. And, and I think it causes me, like he says in this, to live ever so slightly outside of the work and to be constantly judging it. What I know about acting and voiceover work for myself is that I am someone who pretty constantly has a lot of noise in my head, like remembering the things I need to do, thinking about how I can do something better, you know, just kind of a constant list. And when I am two two places, when I am on stage or when I am teaching, there is nothing in my head besides what I'm doing because it's impossible to tell a story for six hours in a booth or to teach a young person and be fully present. But there's no way you can do that unless you are fully present with them. And so I guess I connect that to this advice, which is essentially to be in it, whatever you're in, voiceover, acting, teaching, whatever it is, to be fully in it, as opposed to being just a little bit outside and like watching yourself from the outside and judging it. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm still working toward that. That's not something that I have accomplished or that I do always. But I think that's maybe that's the advice for myself past Susie and present Susie, which is just to try and be in it, like whatever I'm in, in the moment and not judge it. I think that's just fantastic to hear because as a theater person, writer, myself, it's so easy to get to a place where you're so focused on, is this perfect? Is this Mm -hmm. first draft going to be 
excellent. And, you know, that can kind of discourage you from pursuing some fun things. So I think it's, it's so valuable that you bring up, just embrace it, just embrace a little uncertainty as you're going and see where it goes. Cause obviously it's gone very well for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> I've, <laughs> I've heard myself use this phrase actually when I'm sort of coaching people in my other life, which is working in nonprofit and this idea of when you're working with people and sort of managing people or working with a team, this idea that you have to dive into the mess and like not be afraid of it. And I think it's, I think it's all connected, right? It's just, it's a little bit of, of a leap of faith and sort of a fearlessness to say, I'm just going to, I'm going to dive in to whatever it is, this character, this story, this person, this young person, and I'm just going to be fully present to this. It's scary. Yeah, definitely. I just, cause I have a very similar mindset. I, the best way I can describe myself is Dr. Strange and uh, which it was an infinity war where he's just looking at all the different possibilities that are out there. I know we're jumping universes here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is how I always kind of approach every scenario in my life. So to kind of hear that you can actually take that moment and step back and really just focus in on this one thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. You, swarming your mind with all these different thoughts changes i'm assuming the mood of how you say something as you're recording or even how you act something out you know you could be trying to put forward a a very happy go lucky character or even a sad one and get the complete opposite just because you're thinking about something else yeah so yeah it's this it's this i use this phrase again in a lot of different sort of areas of my life but to give yourself the gift of radical presence mm-hmm. in whatever the thing is. Like the reality is even with acting and actually Louis Sheeter, the same teacher would, would he taught us a lot about sort of playing actions as an actor. Like, what do you want? How, you know, how are you playing a positive action to get that? And he would always say, you can't play two actions at once. You can't play like I'm, I'm threatening you and I'm wooing you at the same time, like pick one and then switch. And so I think about that when, with all these things, sort of radical presence, you can really only do or be, you know, what one place or do one thing at a time. So to give yourself over fully to that thing. Yeah. Is a gift. Yeah. And now our time is coming to a close as I have our last question, unless Andrew, there's something else you want to ask any burning questions that you have no i mean i think yeah no i I think this your advice has been so valuable and just you know hearing hearing what you've your resume and everything has has been great i i think yeah this is this is just uh (laughs) it's kind of incredible for us because thinking you know what you're saying about uh this in our podcast you know we started out just talking about movies (laughs) just talking about different movies and kind of seeing where it goes and almost almost a year later that's coming up soon um, oh wow <laughs> so pushing forward and wow. you know trying new things and and exploring new things so yeah it, it's it's encouraging to that's great that. yeah and congratulations on your almost one year anniversary thank you <laughs> all right so our final question do you have any upcoming roles or work that you want our listeners to keep an eye out for so The voiceover world, especially animation, is full of NDAs, which is non-disclosure agreements. (laughs) So very rarely can you talk about anything until it's officially out. I will say that in the audiobook world, even without naming specific titles, because I have now been doing it for 20 years, and because I voice a lot of 
YA novels. It's been really interesting to watch the some of the really valuable and important shifts in the literature and being put out for young audiences. I've I've done a couple novels recently that are co-narrated and deal with race and gender and and young people. And I just feel like there were a lot of books that I recorded earlier in my career, even before I had children, but I just remember thinking, Ugh, if I ever have a daughter, I'm never going to let her read this book. Like I hated the way that it that it portrayed women or, you know, the way it spoke about relationships in terms of gender and race, et cetera. And, and the last few books that I've recorded, I've been like, okay, th- thank you. Thank you. So without naming any specific titles, I would just say that I do feel like, you know, everything in our society is, has, has a ways to go in terms of reckoning with social justice, uh, racial equity, all of those things. But I, I am happy to say that I am seeing, particularly in that piece of my work, positive movement. So keep an eye out for books that come out soon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's amazing to hear that that shift is going on everywhere because yeah. definitely definitely still have some ways to go everywhere to just make sure everyone's being represented accurately mm-hmm. so we'll definitely keep an eye out and where should people keep an eye out is there a myspace a, a twitter a local oh web page that looks like space jam <laughs> where should we go see this is when i'm like i'm so old <laughs> and uh, i don't <laughs> There's nowhere. <laughs> There's nowhere. You, you, you can text me and I'll text you and then you let your fans know. That's the best I got for you. I like I'm that. I'm sorry. Then, in the meantime, I'll do a Google, good old Google search. I yeah, got the seven audible go. credits ready to go. Just- there you go. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll, I'll let you two know and then you let all of your fans know. How about that? Yes, your people will tell our people. And we'll there you tell go. The- <laughs> Old if you guys fashion. know yeah. any spells, any any spells from Winks that can <laughs> see the future, that'll be your best bet. Um, Actually, I think there is one. <laughs> I just remember creating thunder clouds and lightning bolts. So those are the those are the spells I have for you as Stormy. Oh, we definitely might need those at some point. So we'll definitely <laughs> contact you for those. But in the meantime, Susie, thank you so much for meeting with us. This was such a great opportunity just to speak with you, to hear more about your journey and just to hear more about your thoughts and just the work that you do. And I'm hoping that uh, there's somebody out there who, you know, upon hearing this, they're just like, yes, they are going to take Louis' advice and your yeah. advice and take that to heart because that is such wonderful, wonderful words there. Well, you are so welcome. Thank you both for having me. And I can't wait to listen to more episodes. Thank you.